Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love. to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where the streaky good times were bound to end sooner or later, the cake mix was bound to have some salmonella, the walk in the park interrupted by some rain, the razzmatazz skiggly don'ted, but you know what? The Lakers are still 7-2. and two. They've still got Anthony Davis and LeBron James, in spite of how poorly LeBron James played on the offensive end tonight. They still got Kyle Kuzma rounding back into form as much of a deer in headlights as he's been looking. At least he got some threes to fall. And at the end of the day, they still had a chance to win in tonight's game uh, with their flurry at the end there. But as is the case, this is going to happen in an 82-game season. The Lakers finally got popped in the mouth by a team that was hungrier and wanted it more, and they paid the price. But that does not change the fact that we still have a very, very good team and the Lakers have been rolling. And hopefully this will just sort of put them back on track, make them a little bit hungrier, and uh, lessen that complacency. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I am joined by my co-host, Alan Riley, tonight. Alan, in spite of what the weather may be telling us, 90 degrees in SoCal, it is somehow November, prime pumpkin spice latte season, and tonight's game notwithstanding, with the Lakers loosening the grip a little bit on their dominance, overall... How have you felt about rooting for a legitimate contender in this season, in this pumpkin spice latte Thanksgiving season, as we head closer and closer towards Turkey Day lead up? Feels great. I would say it feels even better than a pumpkin spice latte. I'll I'll up the ante. It's Whoa. like a uh, pumpkin spice cold brew from Starbucks. Those those aren't quite as sweet, just like the two games that we lost in our seven and two. So not quite as sweet, but actually. It's a little better for you, you know, not as much sugar, don't get that high afterwards, stay a little more level-headed. Oh, for sure. Perfect analogy, Alan, because I feel like we needed a little bit of that cold brew bitterness to knock us back into our place and give us a reality check and, and remind ourselves that we have to bring it every night for more than just a third quarter, fourth quarter turn up. And I'm kind of glad we got punched in the face a little bit. 
punched in the chin a little bit by the uh, Pascal Siakam and Boucher and Terrence Davis-led Raptors tonight because hopefully the buck stops here and the Lakers can readjust mentally and get right for the rest of this week when they have to play a bunch of lesser opponents like the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns. And man, they've got a pretty easy schedule coming up, but only easy if they take their opponents seriously. And like Alan mentioned, I'm kind of glad that they were able to get a little bit of that cold brew bitterness taste in their mouth so that they're reminded we cannot sleepwalk through these games. But Alan, when it comes to seasonal drinks and the upcoming November feast we have to look forward to, that in spite of the off night, LeBron James, by and large, has still been going honey-baked ham on the entire league to start this season. Hasn't he, Alan? <laughs> Hasn't he, Alan? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> the honey-baked ham line was too good. I, I didn't understand when you said, hasn't he, Alan? It sounded like, has he, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the Lakers are still good. Nothing to worry about here, even though they lost one. Reality check, gut check, time for the Lakers. We still got LeBron James, we still got Anthony Davis, and we still got a league-leading defense. Just gotta take it on the chin tonight and bounce back. Good. We still lit. We still lit. Okay, so tonight's episode is one of those weird Frankenstein episodes, and through the power of editing, I have made you believe up until this point that Alan has finished watching the Toronto Raptors game and we are discussing it. But no, we actually anticipated all the scenarios of whether the Lakers would go 8-1, 7-2, or 6-3 because we recorded this segment with Alan prior to the Miami Heat game, so... Uh, This is future Jonathan, or I guess present Jonathan, for you guys speaking and just giving you the lay of the land. This is sort of a catch-up episode with Alan since we haven't been able to hear his thoughts on the Lakers team since the first game against the Clippers. Uh, I will still talk about the Toronto Raptors game and touch upon the Miami Heat game a little bit too uh, to end this episode, but just in case you're wondering why Alan's talking about all the games prior to the Raptors and Heat game, That's why, because uh, we're speaking to past Alan, and I've sort of cobbled this episode together in a way that kind of makes sense. Um, But yeah, I thought it would still be good to catch up with Alan and get his pulse on this Lakers team, because yes, it sucks that we lost tonight. Yes, we let the foot off the gas pedal. But I think in totality, this Lakers team has founded its identity on defense and is still a very, very good, legitimate contending team. They will just have mental lapses like they did tonight. So yeah, this first segment is going to be a little more joyful and lit because past Allen had no idea that we were going to allow Pascal Siakam to run amok in the second half on us. So uh, with that said, Allen, what's going on these days in your Lakers viewing experience since we haven't talked to you that much? Dwight's putting Shaq in his all-time Lakers starting five. Shaq's complimenting Dwight on IG and calling him Superman. Anthony Davis was just named Western Conference Player of the Week. LeBron James is looking like the league leader and MVP through two weeks, leading the league in assists while Anthony Davis leads the league in blocks. How, are, how have you been taking all of this in and what are your impressions of this team that seems to be coalescing much sooner than we had expected? And most of all, they've bought in, they're playing for each other. They're such a rootable, fun team to, you know, get behind. It's so fun, dude. It's... It's almost surreal. It's completely sunken that this is our team. And mm-hmm. we have the pleasure of watching them multiple times a week. But to think to where we were just several months ago, right? And where we've been for the last half decade plus. Uh, in that sense, it is still like kind of a dream. And uh, one of our friends who we've mentioned frequently on this podcast, Victor, 
has said, it's like you just got out of an awful relationship that you're in for so long. And then all of a sudden you're with someone new and everything is just completely better. Right. Like just like that. Um, that's how this feels. It's, uh, it's so refreshing. As you said, there are so many personalities on this team that are, are so easy to root for and are guys who are just likable, a lot of unexpected things. Um, teaching us life lessons like how not to be cynical and pessimistic and things like that <laughs> give people benefit of the doubt second chances and forgiveness are super important um so as far as like moral victories i'll count that as a moral victory we we learned some some morals here and it's making me feel victorious yeah and we have the record to back it up somehow even while still working in the king set and you and i had talked about this a few episodes ago before the season started and what how much of a confidence boost it would be to this team to be able to take advantage of this opportunity with this semi-soft schedule, even though through the first few games, we had the fifth or ninth strongest schedule to deal with. So it wasn't as easy as we had thought, but still, we're grinding out these wins. The crazy come-from-behind 19-point you know, comeback against the, the Bulls, the 15-point comeback against the Mavs, it's, it's going to be hard to pinpoint one moment for you, but... What is what is the litest you know moment for you I guess throughout all Yeah, this? for sure. Um I would say the game against Dallas which uh was a few days ago at this point, but just to get a little personal, um my grandmother passed away a few weeks ago and her viewing was actually the day of that Dallas game. Mm-hmm. And it was in Little Tokyo. And uh, my brother and I decided afterwards that we would go get some food. It was around like 7.30 or so and um, grab a couple beers. So uh, we went to, um, shoot, the name is escaping me, Um, Imperial Western at Union Station in downtown. And um, the game was on projector and we caught up with it around halftime and saw it to the end. And of course, this is the overtime victory. This is Danny Green hitting the corner three. This is Dwight Howard holding Seth Curry very intelligently. And, um, it, you know, it was like, uh, it was a very crafty move, right? Um, but yeah, it was obviously kind of a emotionally draining day. And it's been sure. emotional the last few weeks. But that night, it was a good um, escape, you know, from yeah. reality just to watch the game with a bunch. There are a lot of Laker fans there, too. I strongly recommend people go to Imperial Western and watch games. Super awesome atmosphere. And um, I, I guess in my suit and all that stuff, as I was there on a Friday night, uh, people could sense my enthusiasm. There's this, like, large group of young Filipino-Americans at a table behind me. And a couple <laughs> of the guys, like, hey, ran hey. up and high-fived me. And they're, like, super <laughs> lit with me, right? Um so yeah, dude, that was a highlight on uh, on multiple levels. Um, yeah, that that's actually probably a game that I'll, I'll remember sure. for a while. Yeah. Yeah, condolences to you and your family. I'm sure that must have been a cathartic release of sorts just to see that back and forth and see LeBron James turn back the hands of time and go absolutely bananas. I mean, he was first he was doing it through scoring, through crazy dunks, through. Yeah, obviously that amazing that feat dunk, where dude. he, oh my yeah, God. the the two handed one, right, where he raced down the court and beat the entire Mavs team. Yeah, dude, he looked like Adrian Peterson from like 15 yes. years ago or something, you know. Then he like swung around on the rim. Oh my God, it was so lit. Dude, these last few games, LeBron James has been playing the part of quarterback, but also running back. He's pretty much like Lamar Jackson out there. Those passes where he uh, is throwing Shoot, it full man. court. 
those full court chess passes, getting guys right in the pocket to just lay it in has been incredible, has been insane. Anthony Davis had a couple um, back and forths with Chris Stapp's Porzingis, Luka versus LeBron. Yeah, totally. That game was super lit. And then, of course, we had the San Antonio game where we just looked super dominant. We relinquished the lead, but then came back and put the clamps down on the San Antonio Spurs, Avery Bradley being a pest. And then, of course, the Chicago Bulls game where we... That was a game that we lost. We should have lost for sure. And we buckled down and the bench was like, okay, we didn't show up at all in the first half. And that's an understatement, but we're going to prove it to LeBron James for getting us this far and tiding us over. And we're going to bust through this wall. And that was Dwight Howard, Cal Kuzma, Quinn Cook. And then we had the Miami Heat game, which I thought for sure was going to be a letdown game because we had just come off a tough and long road trip. We're back at home, feeling a little bit more comfortable in front of our home crowd. I definitely thought we would loosen the grip a little bit. That ended up happening in the Toronto game. And then Spolstra threw the zone defense on us. We were looking pretty clunky all night on offense. And then the defensive clamps came down. We suffocated the Miami Heat held them scoreless for a good six minutes, and pulled it off in a grit-and-grind win, still somehow managed to break the zone, thanks to the brilliance of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And uh, yeah, I mean, it all came crumbling down against the Raptors, but again, Lakers overall still tied for number one in the West. Yeah, I mean, just just close us out with uh, anything else you want to talk about regarding this team and how good do you think this team can be, even considering the fact that they still have a lot of things to work out. Rajon Rondo hasn't even entered the fray here yet. Their three-point shot hasn't been falling. Anthony Davis isn't shooting as efficiently as you'd expect him to. Um, yeah, how, how confident are you about this team? And is it weird to be backing a team this early on that you can legitimately say is number one in the league? And do you think that's a facade or you can confidently say we're number one, we're number one. <laughs> we're number one. We're, we're number one. That's how he's like I said. Um, I'm pretty confident, dude, because we're getting it done on the defensive end, right? Um, because shots aren't always falling, right? Um, our offense has so many different kinks to work out at this point. We have turned into a pretty uh, turnover-happy team <laughs> the last mm-hmm. few games, and that's been super frustrating. <clears throat> um, and, and a lot of the turnovers are like lazy passes or telegraphed passes or, or whatever it is, right? Those are problems that can obviously be cleaned up with time. Um, but the fact that, and Pete Zayas said this, and congrats to Pete for like, all the amazing things that have already yeah, happened yeah. in the first couple weeks of the season. It's awesome. But, you know, he was saying it's super frustrating this that this team gets down every single game by like double digits and early on. But then it's great that we can come back. That's not something of course that we want to happen. We, it would be great if we could just put teams away and not be stressed out at all. But uh, the fact that we can do it and do it on the defensive end versus just getting hot offensively. um, That's probably the thing that kind of stands out most to me. I don't think I've had this bunch fun watching defense with the Lakers in. I don't even know, honestly, um, we, we tend to be pretty like offensively focused, I think with, as far as our discussions go, and maybe it's because our team hasn't had as much to show on the defensive end of things, at least since we started this podcast, right? Um, mm-hmm. if we're talking about the Kobe Powell, Lamar Odom it's a different story. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I am engaged watching this team play defense like I've never been before in my life. And that brings me so much joy. It, it's so fun. And, uh, the activity is contagious. I mean, 
in yeah. so many ways, it starts with Dwight. The way, and Stu Lance said it on the broadcast the other night, he's moving his feet like a guard. And I've never yes. seen him move this way before. And he's been Defensive Player of the Year, All-Star, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think some of it is he is even more lean <laughs> than he once yes. was and maybe converted that muscle into more like long muscle versus bulk. So he's able to move much better. And uh, he's playing for his life, right? And yes. he's playing for his career. And uh, you see LeBron out there right now, like, going like fighting through screens and he's not falling asleep on D and he's not like conducting the defense. He's actually involved in it as well. Um, yeah, dude, it's that, that's probably the thing that stands out most. Isn't it inspiring to watch them play defense? Cause you know, when, when teams get hot on offense, we've seen that so many times throughout the pretty years. much our whole lives. Right. Yeah. And then as, as the game has changed and the pace has quickened and teams are, are shooting the lights out from three, everybody gets excited for the offense. But it's so rare to see a team that can kind of sustain that play. And you know, Alan, it's kind of like Apollo Anton Ono. I don't know if people are going to get this reference. But I definitely get it. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. But the Lakers have been playing this way where they're just sort of biding their time. Apollo Anton Ono is a Japanese-American hapa uh ice speed skater speed skater yeah yeah, yeah. like a multiple winter olympian and yeah yeah the key part that i don't skate <laughs> that's that has nothing to do with why i feel connected it's the hop up part of it as people know right <laughs> and for apollo anton ono his whole shtick is he bides his time for like the first three-fourths of the race and sometimes he's lagging in last place and then all of a sudden in that last round you just see him creeping up like a shark and then he pulls away like a mother effer, dude. Like, he pulls away. It's not even like he just ekes it out at the end. But he'll pull away by, like, three other player lengths, you know? And I feel like that's what the Lakers have been doing because they know that at any one moment, they can just punch in the defense, put the clamps down, and suffocate the other team. And they know on offense, whether or not it's clicking, LeBron James, you do your thing. Anthony Davis, you do your thing. And now Kyle Kuzma, help us out. You know, it's... It's joyful to watch. Like you said, it's exciting. These guys are manic, they're frenetic, and it's just inspiring. I've never been this excited for defense, and, and you mentioned it. I mean, we're pretty much going around in circles here, but kind of like the Lakers, but they're going around in circles with a purpose, and they're, they're batting balls, they're tipping balls, they're deflecting shots, they're breaking up teams' beautiful balls. offensive sets, balls, 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 bing, bong, bong. Breaking up balls, ball busters. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, 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 batoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Scott. Uh, so yeah, it's a ton of fun, and then to see individually, you know, LeBron James take this personally, this whole reclaim the throne sort of deal. Anthony Davis coming to his own, coming into his prime, and realizing for the first time, oh yeah, this is what it's like to have a legit good team where I can have a down game like the one in Chicago, and my team is going to carry me. How refreshing must that be for him? You know? Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Is there anything else you, you wanted to really bring up about this team? I mean, um, Frank, Frank Vogel. Got them by, yes, 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 yes. Frank Vogel. Um, got to give him so much credit. I think uh, people aren't talking enough about him. And when I say people, I just mean like the media in general. Um, it, it's funny, right? Like we know this as, as a coach or as the leader of anything. When things are not going well, you get blamed for it. When things do go well, you don't get any of the credit, right? So it's a very thankless job, but we do have to shout him out. I mean, us getting off to all these slow starts in the first half, and then halftime occurs, 
they come back in the third quarter and then for the most part they you can see the adjustments right um and it's just so nice and it's so refreshing to have a coach and a coaching staff who is able to diagnose and analyze the issue and then tinker with the game plan and it actually pays off yeah. <laughs> like it's effective. You know, there's no denying it. <clears throat> It'd be interesting once we get a larger sample size to, I don't even know what kind of data you would be tracking, but to look at our second halves in general, um, maybe in terms of defensive efficiency or whatever the case is, but um, it'll be interesting for us to continue to pay attention to what that pattern looks like um, going forward in second halves. And, you know, if you think about recent teams who are able to always come out strong in the third and really establish themselves, get a lead like Golden State Warriors, like that's the team that is notoriously, it's like, Oh crap, you better watch out in that third quarter. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, you got to give Frank Vogel a ton of credit for that. And, um, you know, we've played a lot of young teams so far, like like Charlotte, Chicago, <clears throat> and these teams get out and they put up like 30 points on us in the first quarter and they're feeling good about themselves. And again, they are young teams like that has been us for so many years now right. where we're beating uh, Houston, OKC, even Golden State in the first half. And we're, we're feeling ourselves like, oh, my God, like the kids are doing it. And it's like, <laughs> ah, but, you know, this crap is going to go downhill and it like another 45 minutes from now. And that's exactly what happens. And now we are on the other end of that. Yep. And God, it feels so nice to just it be insufferable so and arrogant again. Oh, and, and entitled. Lakers exceptionalism yeah, to dude. the fullest. Is back, baby. Is back. And Alan, the other thing is, you know, the only team, the only way right now, obviously, it's early. The only way I see teams actually shooting a really good percentage on us and being good on offensively against us is if they take advantage of our turnovers, force those turnovers, get out into transition, because then they can get those easy buckets, right? And then from there, it doesn't matter if we play good defense, they've already got that feeling going. And we saw that in the Chicago game, where it's just like, they got so many easy buckets in transition because of all of our stupid mistakes. But if we keep it in the half court like we have been, dude, guys can't get clean shots on this team, especially when Dwight Howard's on the floor. So it's insane. Uh, We're going to end it right there. In the next segment, I will give my thoughts on on the game that just ended. Before we do that, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and interview us on iTunes because the more you rate and interview us, that's how many more times LeBron James will continue doing his shoulder shrug off, that shaky (laughs) shake, whenever he feels like flexing his muscles and letting the league know that at age 34, year 17, he's still the strongest mother effer in the league. Those have been fun to watch, huh? He does it so many times that Dwight Howard starts to mimic him. Yeah, dude, I love that when Dwight was on the bench, just times tending it, right? (laughs) I'm definitely going to track how many shoulder shugs LeBron does per game for like the next month. Absolutely, and we'll get more of that if you just rate and review us on iTunes. We're trying to get to 400 reviews before 2019, and we're at 370, so I believe we can do it. It's 30 more shimmy shakes. 30 more shimmy shakes. Shimmy shoulder Uh, shake. Exactly. Uh, This is a... We have been pumping out two episodes a week since the season began. This is supposed to be just a weekly show. We all have full-time jobs. Some of us are married. How I've been able to upkeep this without pay is just a testament to how fun and lit this Lakers team is, how lit I've been, and also maybe how recently single in the last few months I've been. Womp, womp, womp. But guess Uh. what? (laughs) But yes, please rate and review us on iTunes. Also, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast if you're willing to donate a buck or two. We are brought to you by lineups.com. Check them out for all your betting tips needs. And now I will ask Alan to fade into the background. See you later, Alan. 
Laters. All right, so welcome back to the present. This latter portion of the episode is not going to be as uh, fun and chipper and lit as that first portion was uh, with Alan, but by and large, I still think the overall sentiment remains the same. The Lakers are a very good team. They just got popped in the mouth. This was bound to happen at one point or another, and they got their reality check against a very hungry Toronto Raptors team who was coming into tonight as the big-time underdogs without Kyle Lowry, without Serge Ibaka. The Lakers actually started this game off pretty well, but that Quinn Cook, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope unit to end the first quarter really had us reeling. Um, The Lakers lost 113-104 to the Toronto Raptors after only giving up 80 points to the Miami Heat. I think out of any team this season thus far, 80 points is the lowest... um, point total surrendered by a team but tonight it went the exact opposite way lakers giving up 113 to the toronto raptors the lakers are now seven and two the toronto raptors are also seven and two boston this hurts to say has the number one record in the league with only one loss i think they're seven and one the main takeaways for this game i would say is the raptors also threw out a zone on the lakers after seeing how it kind of threw the Lakers off uh, when the Miami Heat did it on Friday. The Lakers were still able to navigate their way through looking kind of lost at times against that zone, partially because LeBron James and Anthony Davis knew exactly how to attack it. It sucks that nobody else on this team outside of those two seems to know how to break a zone outside of just shooting bad shots and trying to break out of it that way. And unfortunately, the Lakers' three-point shooting has still not come around yet. Uh, Tonight, they shot another abysmal 33%, only 10 of 30. Although Kyle Kuzma did hit three three three-pointers, and they were normal three-pointers. That was a nice uh, sight to see. Troy Daniels finally broke out of his slump a little bit in that first half, hitting three threes as well. But overall, I think the main summary of this game is the Lakers did not take the Toronto Raptors seriously, and... Whether it's good or not, through the trials that they faced on their road trip and always being able to come back, I felt like they relied on that too much tonight, their their ability to flip the switch on. And they flipped it on, actually, at the end of the fourth there, when Kyle Kuzma hit two threes, LeBron James got to the free throw line, and we cut the lead down to, I believe, two points. And then after that, we decided to just chuck up a bunch of threes. Anthony Davis missed a wide open one. I believe he airballed it. Then Kyle Kuzma had another open three-pointer that went in and out. And that sort of summarized the game for the Lakers. It just wasn't their night. They were they were missing a bunch of easy shots. LeBron James was missing a bunch of layups inside, getting his shot blocked. Whether or not you believe he got fouled, I believe he got a little roughed up in the paint there. Regardless, uh, LeBron James wasn't on on it tonight on the offensive end at least he did have 15 assists and was quarterbacking the entire team but he was only 5 of 15 and and like I mentioned he got a he got a bunch of shots uh, swatted back in his face by Pascal Siakam and and guys like that so rough night for LeBron James Uh, Anthony Davis 27 points 10 of 20 205 from three uh, had a couple bad shots at the end there including that airballed three But it was nice to see Anthony Davis sort of get into a flow with his mid-range jump shot game and getting those two threes to fall as well. If you're looking for any silver linings in Anthony Davis's offensive game, it's that, that hopefully his shot is starting to come along. 
He had eight rebounds, three assists. The five turnovers were a true killer. That's how the Toronto Raptors were able to sort of get into a groove, uh, find a flow in their offense, because in the first half, we really had them locked down. We had Pascal Siakam shooting three of 13 at one point. He ended up finishing the night with uh, nine for 25, 24 points. But I felt like we were doing a really good job on them defensively, especially in the first quarter. But uh, they were able to, yeah, find a rhythm by getting out into transition. And, and again, I mentioned that's the one way that you can beat the Lakers and try and curtail their length is by is by running on them and making sure that their defense isn't set on you. And that's what happened tonight. And by the time that the Lakers tried to put the clamps down, I mean, guys like Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis and freaking Rondé Hollis Jefferson, shimmy shake me to death from the free throw line, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. These guys were so confident by the fourth quarter that it didn't matter that Dwight Howard was out on the floor. You saw a bunch of guys just hit all these crazy layups on Dwight Howard. And that's what happens when you give a team confidence, when you give them life. And that's exactly what the Lakers did. They played around with their food a little bit too much. And they forgot that these are still, regardless of whether or not Kawhi Leonard has left them, regardless of whether or not Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka were out. These guys are still the defending champs, and they still carry that sort of swagger about them. And it doesn't hurt that Pascal Siakam is really blossoming into a superstar in this league, without a doubt. And that's what happens when you are complacent for much of the game, and you you rely on the fact that you've been able to come back down from any sort of deficit, and they just fell short tonight. So much of this game is momentum, and the Lakers did not deserve to win this game, plain and simple. Um, two points I want to bring up before I forget them and before I talk about the Lakers' struggles with zone defense. Um, KCP, he got phased out tonight. He only played four minutes, and somehow in those four minutes, he was a minus 10. That is uh, that is uh, truly impressive in a very KCP special K way. Uh, if you're looking for silver linings, that's one of them. KCP getting less minutes, and Jared Dudley actually saw some time. So uh, that guy... Still can't hit a jump shot somehow to save his life. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, I guess he's another special K for some people. I would say don't give up on Kyle Kuzma. Don't lose hope on Kyle Kuzma. This is essentially his fourth preseason game. Uh, he's still working his way back. He's pressing. And the other thing is, I don't think Kakuzma expected to have to play against so much zone. I think he expected to have the ball in his hands a little bit more, have a little more space to operate, but that zone really prohibits him from doing that. So he has to adjust to not only coming back and trying to find his identity on this team next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but also how to counteract this zone that all of a sudden is being thrown his way that they probably didn't practice on that much or didn't have to work on that much. So there's a lot of adjustments that Kyle Kuzma has to undergo right now. Give him some time. Give him at least 10 games. We'll see flashes here and there. I doubt the consistency will come till after 10 games. So let's let's cut him some slack. Kyle Kuzma, at the very least, has an excuse to look like KCP. KCP does not have an excuse to look like KCP. He is just KCP. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and, and the Lakers are going to have to figure out how to play against the zone and be more efficient and be more effective because right now, outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, nobody has any idea what to do with the ball. Thank God that Avery Bradley's hitting his mid-range jump shots 
And thank God that he's been able to unveil a little bit of his playmaking skills the last few games. He's had a couple of really nice lobs to guys like Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. Tonight he had four assists and only one turnover. So that's been a godsend for a team that outside of Anthony Davis and LeBron James just looks super lost against this zone. And we, we can't rely on our three-point shot at this point to just miraculously come back and and have that be the one thing that will help us break this zone. It's clear we need to go back to the drawing board, have these guys learn how to cut in the right places, Anthony Davis in the middle as that quarterback seems to work. But by and large, it seems like the, the zone has gotten us off sync we're not able to do the things we want to do. Kyle Kuzma's really, really struggling to find his game and find those creases in the defense where he, he normally is able to freely cut because the zone is just compacted in the lane. So he's going to have to find a way to be effective. Um, tonight was a step in the right direction with his three-point shot falling. But as we've seen in this early part of the season, Kyle Kuzma's shot selection and him just pressing and wanting to prove that he's back Yeah, that has been a huge work in progress, but at least he got the threes to fall, and hopefully that will help him out. Yeah, 15 points, 5 rebounds for Kyle Kuzma tonight, 3 of 7 from 3, 0 assists, not great, and he got cooked by Pascal Siakam time and time again, spicy P. The biggest thing with Kyle Kuzma is uh, he can't get lost on team defense. His team defense right now has not been that great. His on-ball defense has been good to start this season, but you saw him get caught up in all these switches and just... He was barbecue chicken for Pascal Siakam, and that's something he needs to improve on. Um, I don't really want to blabber too much about this game because it's hard to take anything away given how poorly the Lakers looked from an effort standpoint. In the first half, I liked the way that the guards played. They shot really well. Quinn Cook, Troy Daniels, Avery Bradley at one point uh, were shooting 11 of 15 from the field, 5 of 6 from 3. That seemed to work. But again, in the second half, it was our defense that sort of failed us. We allowed the Raptors to get hot, gain confidence. And from there, uh, we were just not able to get back in sync. Uh, LeBron James tried to will us to a victory, but... He seemed a little bit tired. He wasn't getting the calls he wanted. He was frustrated, tried to take it out on guys, and it ended up just resulting in blocked shots, swats the other way. The Raptors continuing to leak out into transition. Fred Van Vliet killed us and dissected us, cutting us up in the lane. He had 10 assists and only three turnovers. These no-name guys, Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, it really felt like we were back as the Lakers because it is a timeless tradition to have a bunch of no-name guys absolutely go off on us and have career nights and that's what we sort of saw happen with uh Boucher Davis and RHJ two of those guys I've honestly have barely heard in my life but uh but yeah a good reminder for the Lakers as they head into their um next stretch here which will be against lesser opponents to Take these games seriously, not play down to our opponents as we've been prone to do. After tonight, we play the Suns. DeAndre Ayton's been suspended, but they've still been rolling thanks to Aaron Baines at center, giving them that versatility and veteran leadership on the floor. We play the Warriors after that in a back-to-back. Steph Curry and Draymond Green obviously are injured, but we can't take them lightly. We play the Sacramento Kings, then the Hawks. Tommy Allen and I will actually be at that game, so hit us up if you're randomly going to the Atlanta Hawks game. And then after the Hawks game, we play OKC twice. And then there's the Grizzlies. So 
These next few games are literally against sub-500 teams. These are teams that are not slated to make the playoffs, and we can't take them lightly. So I'm kind of glad that we got this pop in the mouth tonight. Hopefully that helps us regroup. And yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think it's a big deal. The zone stuff really makes our offense look clunkier than it has been, which I guess is saying a lot since it's looked clunky without the zone anyways. But I have faith in Frank Vogel and LeBron James and Anthony Davis to go back to the drawing board and find a way to curtail whatever awkwardness and continued off-syncness that that this zone defense has placed on this team as a whole. It's a lot harder for us to find cohesion, to get into a rhythm and flow on the offensive end, but this is just another challenge that we're going to have to work through, and I'm interested in seeing how Frank Vogel adapts, because thus far, he has done a good job of adapting and adjusting. Really quickly to end this show, I'm not sure if these numbers have been updated, but coming into tonight, the Lakers were third in the league in opponent points per game. They've held opponents to just about 98.5 points. That's behind Orlando, surprisingly enough, with 98.2. And Utah, who sits atop at number one, holding opponents to 97 points per game. So pretty good job by the Lakers. A lot of that probably is skewed by the 80 points that they held Miami to in Friday night's game. Incredible defensive effort by them. Incredible adjustments by Frank Vogel to counteract Eric Spolster's zone defense. Tonight's game where the Lakers gave up 113 will surely uh, change those numbers a bit, but by and large, the Lakers have done a good job holding their opponents under 100 points a game. And in this day and age, that is a huge feat. In terms of field goal percentage, opponent field goal percentage, the Lakers are first. Thus far, they have held opponents to 43.6% from the field. Toronto is actually number two, holding opponents to 44.9%. Again, tonight's game, if it hasn't been counted yet, will skew that because the Lakers allowed the Raptors to shoot 48%, and the Raptors actually held the Lakers to 43.6% from the field. So that is kind of indicative of the entire game. The Lakers just not being able to get into a flow and rhythm LeBron James having a tough night getting the ball to go into the basket in spite of the fact that he had 15 assists. But overall, the Lakers have still done a good job defensively. Tonight was just the unfortunate exception to the rule thus far. And yeah, the Lakers, in terms of net rating, they're still number one at 9.5. Even with tonight's game, even if that drops a little bit, they'll still be number one in net rating. In terms of defensive rating, the Lakers are still number one or number two after tonight. They had a 96.5 coming into tonight's game. And unfortunately, three-point percentage-wise, the Lakers are still lagging behind, shooting 31.1% from the field, number 26 in the league. So we're still waiting for that positive regression to come through. Yeah, I think I'll end it right there. Uh, I don't want to continue babbling about this game. And also, I'm not feeling too chipper after it, even though I'm keeping perspective and understanding that these types of games are going to happen in an 82-game season, and we were just pushing our luck, essentially, and uh, we got bit in the butt for playing with our food a little too much tonight. But you got to give credit to the Toronto Raptors. They played their asses off. They showed they wanted it more, and they took advantage of the Lakers' sloppy play, and... Um, they were crashing the boards just as much as we were. Uh, all those 50-50 balls seemed to go their way. You saw all of the in-and-outs that were happening on our end, and... I just 
took a step back and realized that this just wasn't our night. But that does not negate anything the Lakers have done up until this point. The Miami Heat game was an ugly, ugly game, and the Lakers broke through that because of their defense, and they utilized the smarts of Anthony Davis and LeBron James to combat that zone, and they had a dominant win against a really good Miami Heat team, a really well-coached Miami Heat team. And look, tonight they overlooked their opponents, and it showed. Hopefully they don't do that against the Suns, who are a much-improved Phoenix Suns team under Monty Williams, and hopefully they don't do that against D'Angelo Russell and the Warriors. In spite of the fact that D'Angelo Russell is surrounded by a bunch of G League players, we cannot let D'Angelo Russell go off for like 60 and give that group any signs of life or confidence. So hopefully that's the one takeaway that the Lakers... um take away to start this upcoming week and we bounce back and get on another win streak let's get to 10 straight wins we were so close especially given the easy schedule we have with the suns warriors kings hawks okc twice grizzlies we had a great chance to get to 10 wins in a row but unfortunately it didn't happen and the worst part of all is tonight of all nights against the raptors the team that kobe bryant scored 81 points on we had a great chance to win and up our record to 8-1. Eight 8-1, and one. Eight and one, 81. It was so poetic, but we we loosened the reins and we got what we deserved, which is a loss. 7-2, and two, still tied for first in the West. Overall, still very excited for this Lakers team. We know our identity. It's going to be on the defensive end, and it's going to be on the backs of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron James is still killing the league right now. 11 points. You best believe that he's going to come out firing against the Phoenix Suns and... Uh, he was frustrated tonight. Yeah, we're going to see LeBron James rebound in a big way, I'm sure, this upcoming week. Uh, with that said, I'll leave it right there. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. With that said, have a great week, everybody. We will probably have one more episode this week. I'm not sure. But otherwise, uh, stay litty and... And who the hell is Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis with only one R? Who spells Terrence with only one R? These are the questions I ask myself at night. All right, goodbye.